Good morning, Evergreen. Pastor Ryan, I'm the youth and open door pastor. Shout out to Chloe for making those youth plugs when she gets the chance. Appreciate that. I'm wrapping up our Crossing Jordan series uh, as many of my colleagues are getting some much needed R&R. I happened to walk by a conversation a week or two ago and we realized that there wasn't anyone slated to preach and I volunteered myself. Uh, we'll see how this goes. I'm so used to pre-recording my sermons now that I'm not sure what my words for minute are going to be. Uh, so this could be a really long sermon or a really short one. We've been tracking with the Israelites as they've been journeying through the promise to go to the promised land. And we focus on part of the journey leading up to and through the crossing of the Jordan River. And we've used this biblical story to help us talk about what re-entry is going to look like for us as a church and to talk about us as individuals as we've gone on this journey as well. Last week, we looked at the crossing of the Jordan made possible by the presence of God through the Ark of the Covenant, which stopped the flows of the river and allowed the Israelites to cross over. It's here we pick up in the story that we're going to read a short portion of Joshua 4, 19 to 24. The people came up, came up out of the Jordan on the 10th day of the first month, and they camped in Gilgal on the east border of Jericho. Those 12 stones which they had taken out of the Jordan, Joshua set up in Gilgal, saying to the Israelites, when you ask when your children ask their parents in time to come, what do these stones mean? Then, your ch- then you shall let your children know Israel crossed over the Jordan here on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan for you, to, for you until you crossed over. As the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up for us until we crossed over so that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty, and so that you may fear the Lord your God forever. As the people come up out of the water, out of the Jordan River, God instructs Joshua to have representatives from each tribe as to use stones as symbols of remembrance. The 12 stones being a representation of each of the 12 tribes as the entire community does this action together. They established these stones for their own remembrance of the journey that they had just been on, even to go as far as remembering Egypt and the Red Sea, for the purpose of future generations to learn from. The Israelites have been formed by their experiences throughout this journey, and God has demonstrated strength and awe that has resulted in the Israelites' reverence for God. It's important to point out that their first action upon crossing is one of communal and personal inventory. After been on this journey for years and years and for a generation, they stop, reflect, contemplate, and remember. But for for what purpose? Why would the Israelites practice remembrance and why would it be important for us today? One observation I noticed while reading this text is the movement of knowing that occurs. In verse 22, the instruction for the purpose of the stones is to let the children know of the events that have occurred in the crossing and to remember. But there's an interesting shift that happens here. In verse 24, knowing changes from the children to all peoples. There's progression and purpose in knowing God. 
that happens in reflection and contemplation and in remembrance. People will know God through our remembering and retelling of our journeys. How Christians respond to the pandemic is a reflection of God that impacts not just us, but all peoples. The journey has changed the Israelites. And with an entire new generation and openness to seeing their future as a blank canvas to envision and to create. We have to acknowledge that the past 17 months has changed us as a church and as individuals. Our experiences are not something to be overlooked, but to reflect and to contemplate on. As much as we want to rush to dinner parties and social events, it's important to us to find space and time for both celebration and for contemplation. One aspect of the Israelites' journey that in comparison to ours is a little different is that they went on this journey closely tied in community. They did it all together. Much of our journey in pandemic has been isolated or in small groups of community. So although we've experienced many of these larger events together, oftentimes we've had to go on our own personal journeys. And we have to reflect on how these things have been significant to our life events. Much of our reflection during this series has been a communal one. How has this changed our church? But I think it's important for us to do our own self-inventory. What significant life events have happened to me in the last 17 months? Changes with family, friends, work, school, whatever it might be. What changes have I seen within myself? What revelations that I have about God during this time? For almost the last 10 years, I've been meeting monthly with a spiritual formation director. Each month we begin with a similar question of remembering. Where have you seen God? This simple question poses so much trouble for me every month. My answers have ranged to, I've seen God close by. I have no idea where God has been in my life. Uh, I saw God in my relationships. I experienced God's peace and in nature, or to I'm angry at God. Just to name a few things of the range in which I experience God much differently on a month-to-month basis, and even to a minute-to-minute, or even something smaller than that. I want to personally share a couple ways that I've noticed change and ways that I'm still reflecting on my journey. The idea of a blank canvas is really scary for me. I don't feel like an artistic or a creative type. And on the spectrum of like go with the flow to have everything planned by the detail, I definitely fall more on the rigidly organized side. I love to strategize, plan, and plan for a backup plan or two. I want youth group and Sunday school planned out way in advance. And Chloe can attest to that. But as soon as we moved to Safer at Home, we had to cancel youth events and we had to cancel all of our plans. We had to rethink what youth ministry was going to look like. And even along the way, we had to take assessment by asking, how are the youth doing and what is most important for their formation during this season of life? We had to take detours along the way to lean into topics of Black Lives Matter, to talk about the Capitol riots, to talking about Asian hate crimes just to name a few things that we took detours for. We changed days, we changed times, we changed content all the time. In order for us and for me to be a better leader, I had to change to be more flexible. 
Now my challenge moving forward is to not fall back on my normal rigidity, but to accept this new change that's occurred in my life that's going to open up new possibilities in my day-to-day life and even in my workplace. Last time I preached in March, I shared with you a little bit about my grandmother and I shared a story with you about her. Unfortunately, in early May, my grandmother took a fall and she needed surgery. And about a week and a half later, she died. I spent much of May driving and spending time with my grandmother in the hospital. And I'm still processing my grief. She was someone who was a gigantic impact in my life. And the realization that I've had is that I've lost all of my biological and maternal figures in my life. And so I have this huge missing place for me. But I hold on to the memories and the moments that I remember my grandmother being there to support me and to cheer me on. I recently remembered a favorite quote of mine that's usually shared in the context of grief. And you might remember it because I shared it with you all back in 2019. So if it seems a little familiar, this is why. It's attributed to Baal Baal Shem Tov, who is regarded as the founder of Hasidic Judaism. He says, seeking to forget makes exile all the longer. The secret to redemption lies in remembrance. This quote has found similar and new meaning for me and us as we reflect on our actions of the Israelites after crossing the Jordan. As we consider our pandemic experience of whether we allow ourselves to contemplate how have we been changed or will we continue as life as normal, as if nothing ever happens? We have learned about God during this time. How might we see God differently? If we jump into life as pre-pandemic, we can miss something that God had for us during this time. I invite you to take some time today to stop and reflect on your own journey. Take some time to ask yourself a question or two to reflect and remember upon your own time. Maybe you want to kinesthetically reflect by finding your own stones in your backyard and putting your own markers as symbols of your journey. So for us in our journey, I want to ask us some questions. Who are you grieving? What changes occurred in your life that required loss for you to start something new? Who are the people that have been a part of your community? How have you appreciated and cherished your time with them? What aspects of your life are you looking to start something new? Where are the the places that God is inviting me to be a servant leader? Am I open to creating new friendships in my life? Will I embrace the changes that I've seen within myself?
My hope is that you will find something new about yourself and God in your reflecting, that you experience redemption and meaning as you practice contemplation. I want to close with a prayer that Mide wrote and led us in last week that continues to be relevant for us in this topic of remembrance. Will you join me in praying? Lord, we remember our lives a year ago and we reflect on the journey that we've been on. We remember the sacrifices we've made and we acknowledge the pain and loss that we've experienced. Even though it seems like we do not have much left, we acknowledge our hope the unfulfilled hope of the past and the tentative hope for the future. With it, we offer you everything we have left and we pray that you look upon it forever. Amen.